this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. All right. Suit up number eight. Can you believe we're at the end? It's been a good series, a really good series. I think we've all been looking forward to this particular week, though, for a while now, but if you're just jumping into this, it's your first time or your first time back in a while, I, I wanted to explain just a little bit about what's going on today. Uh, we have been in a series called Suit Up for eight weeks now. This is the last, the eighth week of this series, and really we've been learning about spiritual warfare. So if you haven't been here, go back, listen to the podcast or catch them all on YouTube Um, They really have been really good. And we've been looking at it through the armor of God, right? How to suit up, as Ephesians 6 tells us, to put on the full armor of God against the enemy of our souls and how to stand firm in all of that. We went through each piece of the armor separately, bit by bit, mentioned in Ephesians 6, and we talked about how to wear them, how to put them on, how to use them in this spiritual battle that we all find ourselves in. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a wrap-up of this series. I've asked some of the people that I consider to be actively practicing in this particular field to come and and answer some questions. And I've kept this group small on purpose. Um, There are some others definitely that I think could answer some of these questions just as easily in this church, um, our elders, for example. But the four of us could sit and talk about this stuff all day. (laughs) So I wanted to keep it small just to get you good and succinct answers uh, to keep our conversation on track. But I also purposefully didn't say experts here. I have not called three experts in this field here because I honestly, I don't think it's possible to be experts in something that we cannot fully see, fully understand, or know everything about. Okay, I want to be clear with that up front. The Bible is clear that we now see things as through a glass darkly, right? We see the spiritual world incompletely. (laughs) We, We cannot see it fully or clearly. It is hidden from us for now, right? So the questions that we're answering today, I I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. What we can do today is we can answer your questions to the best of our knowledge of Scripture, right, and answer your questions to the best of our knowledge with experience, things that we've personally gone through. So these guys that I'm inviting up today are experienced in the supernatural side of things. Does that make sense? Okay. So about halfway through this series, I started to realize that I was never going to completely cover all of your questions about this stuff, (laughs) while also staying on task with the armor of God and and trying to give you the, the tools you needed to complete the series trajectory, really. So we decided to do this Q&A. We're going to answer as many of your questions as possible. Now, these are all questions that have been submitted through the sermon notes or the bucket in the back over the past four weeks or so, I believe. There were about 40 questions submitted total. So great questions, all amazing, good questions. We're going to do our best to cover as many as we can today. 
I don't know if we'll get through them all, right? So, does all that make sense? Okay. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my first guest today. But in fact, you all already know him and see him every single week. And that is my lovely husband, uh, co-lead pastor of this church. You know, he's actually gone to this church almost as long as I have. Almost. And can I just be real with you all? He is the rock of not just the leadership team of this church in general. It's not me. It's him. Okay. I bragged about him a lot in this series. You're changing us around? That's fine. I've bragged about him a lot in this series, but I just want you to know every single word of it is true and more. He, I couldn't do this without him. He's the best man I know, and I mean that with all my heart. I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. The one and only Aaron Pringle. By the way, I've been asking him to speak for a long time. He often has a mic in his hand, but it's... Not without a guitar. <laughs> Not without a guitar. Uh, so it's, it's awesome that he's up here today. He actually agreed. I was worried he would say no to this when I presented the idea. So he agreed. My second and third guest today, we're going to introduce a little bit differently. Uh, they actually made a beautiful testimony video of everything that, you know, they've walked through. Not everything, but a synopsis of what they've walked through and gone through over the past couple of years. So we're going to watch that together before they join us today, okay? Let's check out the screens. My name's Mike, and this is my story. Skateboarding was a big part of my childhood. It just made sense to me. It was my way of escape. My parents divorced when I was young. It was just uh, my siblings and I. Uh, we went through uh, some rough times in our home. Um, didn't have a whole lot of great memories. Um, I had an absent father who uh, wasn't really present in my life growing up. Um, it's a lot of um, tension, a lot of confusion, a lot of trauma. And um, all those things um, we carried with us late into uh, our teenage and adult life. There was a lot of brokenness in my home, witnessing verbal and physical abuse. I was sexually abused as a kid and kept it to myself for years without telling anyone.
This led to me feeling anger, shame, and guilt. It was a really confusing time in my life. I got into drugs in high school, selling, trying to make money quick, uh, just never, never coming home, always, always being away from home. Uh, we, ha I, I had so much access and freedom. My mom was working two jobs and I was able to do what I wanted to do. I would come and go as I please. And that led to a lot of failures in my life. Once I got married, life seemed better. I was attending church. I thought I was living for God. I thought I'd give this church thing a try, but I was just going through the motions and never having a true relationship with Jesus. I was selfish in becoming a consumer Christian, making everything about me. I was not making marriage and family my priority and I was still holding on to my old ways. My marriage was beginning to fall apart to the point where there was talks of divorce. I was living a life of partying and drinking and at times I, would, I wouldn't come home to my family just when I thought that things couldn't get any worse, 2020 hit, and then everything changed. Tonight, with the dilemma facing our churches with the domino effects from the pandemic, research is showing some may be forced to close within the year. As Kennedy Harris reports, the strategies for survival. The one place I thought I could go to for help was now shut down. I was so deeply depressed. Having intrusive thoughts of suicide started to become a stronghold in my mind. I felt led to watch this video titled, Can a Christian Have a Demon? And suddenly knew God was showing me what I was going through. Crying out to the Lord in desperation, I began to feel His presence. I had an encounter with God in my secret place and started to receive deliverance. Through that experience, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire and received the gift of tongues. From the outside looking in, all I could see was fear, panic, and restlessness. 
I reached a point where I thought this may have been a mental health issue. I remember reaching out to Pastor Candace, hoping to get some answers. After receiving prayer, we started to recognize that this was something spiritual. Going home that day, we began to claim our authority in Christ. As hard as this was to see him go through this, desperately praying to God, I felt him say, hold on and trust in him. I knew there was a purpose. We've actually joined a deliverance map that is worldwide. We have been able to help people from all over. We are driven by compassion. Our heart goes out to people that are hurting, that are suffering, that are in bondage, um, that don't have answers, that have tried everything that they needed to do, and they fasted, they prayed up, and there's still no breakthrough. Uh, this is where I believe that deliverance is important and it's, it's essential, it's, it's needed in this day and time in church. We're so grateful for the deliverance map and for our pastors and our church um, just believing in us and trusting in us. Um, we were able to help uh, minister to like 50 plus families um, in our church locally and surrounding cities and states and deliverance has just been taken off ever since. So at the end of the day, this all really just points to Jesus. A lot of us don't realize that He has this full freedom for us, and deliverance is a good way to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, knowing that authority that you have in Christ and everything that He paid for on the cross um, for you to be free, He is, he is the deliverer. Um, deliverance ministry is great, prayer is amazing, all these things are great, but at the end of the day, it's Jesus who sets us free. He is the one who heals us. He's the one who comforts us. He is the one who sets us free. Uh, we're just so grateful, so grateful. During deliverance, we often hear that people feel alone, and we just want to let you know that you're not alone, and we are here to help. Please reach out to somebody. Um, let's let's meet with each other. Let's share each other's burdens, and don't lose don't lose hope. Isn't that beautiful? such a good story. You're going to see some pictures of their beautiful family, but can we go ahead and welcome up Mike and Jody Salazar while. Charlie the man. There he is. 
Yeah. So tell us a little, before we get into questions, tell us a little about deliverance ministry. What does that actually mean? It is. the title, but uh, we often forget that it's Jesus' ministry. Yeah. Um, when he stepped on the scene, he's the one who uh, you know, started doing, uh, you know, casting the devil, the healing the sick, and everyone's in awe of how he was doing it. And, uh, I think that um, churches nowadays, I feel like, not necessarily fail, but um, tend to not address the and this is definitely a very important area that um, Jesus brought to the church. And I'm just so happy that we're privileged, you know, to bring this here. And it's, it's definitely been a blessing in our lives. And we're just happy to share it with you all. Blessing is so many so far. So, Mike, you mentioned in your testimony in the video that you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your secret place. That was actually one of the questions, so I wanted to start there. Explain that to us a little bit. Yeah, so uh, the secret place, um, there's a whole bunch of translations. This could be uh, the fortress. Um, you hear these war rooms, these prayer rooms, I believe. Um, Greg. 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 Greg, you, uh, you had an encounter as well. You, you were in your uh, prayer closet, prayer room. Mm -hmm. um, I just like the secret place. That's how it sounds pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember from the video, all the stuff that I was going through, all the depression, uh, intrusive thoughts of suicide. Um, I, I, I didn't know what else to do. I tried the fasting route, I tried to pray, um, met with a bunch of pastors, and, and it almost seemed like nothing was changing. So, uh, in desperation, I just started reading scripture. I came across, uh, I believe it's Matthew 3, where it says, um, to get into the submission of prayer and close the doors um, in your room. And I, I didn't know that little by little things were gonna start changing. I, I just started doing that just out of curiosity. Like, hey, maybe I didn't try this way. Maybe, maybe something can happen here. So I just went for it for four or five months. My wife could attest to this. Four or five months. Just getting into that submission, I, I was like, you know what? I, I hear that people get on their knees too. I'm gonna do everything that I need to do. So I'm just gonna get on my knees, I'm gonna close the door behind me and just wait to hear, wait to see if something's gonna change here by testing the Lord. And, um, and yeah, in about four or five months just doing that, I had uh, an encounter with the Lord. Um, it, it was like a, a desperation, a crying out. Um, now, in hindsight, we can see like what I was experiencing in that moment was deliverance was taking place. I started to feel very angry and raged, and uh, no one else was around in the house, but I, I started like punching the ground. I was so full of anger, all the all the pain that I uh, dealt with all these years growing up, and all of a sudden things start to change. I feel like my body's on fire. I start throwing up, hacking up all this stuff. And then uh, within moments, I felt, I felt the Lord's presence. Like I felt a peace, like something had left me. And then um, fire all over my body. 
and the next few words, I was, I was just crying out to the Lord. I, I just bursted in tongues. I, it was, I always had a, an issue with uh, the gifts of the Spirit. I always kind of doubted tongues. I was, I was that guy. It actually kind of creeped me out a little bit. And um, here I'm just getting wrecked in my room, uh, experiencing deliverance, experiencing deliverance and just getting filled with the Spirit, getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, that was my uh, deliverance experience in the secret place. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so good. Explain to us a little about your experiences here, your history with deliverance and all of that. Experience here? Or well, in- with this subject. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in the church. I've always, as long as I can remember, <clears throat> been a Christian, been a follower of Christ. But we were speaking of generational curses earlier in the worship, and I've I know that uh, she's preached on this, right? Yeah. That uh, the generational curse of alcoholism followed me around for a long time because it was in my family abundantly. <clears throat> and um, physically, I saw it many, many times. So, I mean, I've had many experiences with, with the spiritual world. I've been to uh, many missions trips. We went to Africa together part of the deliverance tent I have been part of uh, casting out demons there even here in our at our altars I mean it happens it happens in the parking lots it happens in the altars it happens in homes of your friends and family if you're getting down and getting dirty like you should be with that armor right <laughs> that's how it should be <clears throat> so I mean it's I kind of grew up all around it in it and all around it yeah lots of experiences there so Let's get into questions. So these 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 are questions that you all have submitted, right? Questions about the spiritual world. So um, maybe the first one for Mike and Jody: Can Christians have demons in them? This is a common one. It was asked a couple different ways, <laughs> but can they? Can Christians have them? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, as you just explained, I mean, we were followers of Christ. I uh, myself have grown up being a believer in Christ, um, not necessarily really living like a true believer, but yes, I believed in Jesus and you did as well. And, um, we believe he was definitely demonic, demonically oppressed. So yeah, we definitely do believe that. Um, there is scripture to back that up as well. Um, the Bible does describe our bodies as temples and homes. So the way that we look at that is a house has many rooms. So um, we do believe that you can have the Holy Spirit in one room and you can share the other rooms with, you know, other demonic spirits. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, our, our spirit, man, our spirit is perfect, but our, our soul is still being redeemed. Uh, we feel like this is the area where uh, demons tend to cling on to. Uh, if there's a foothold there, if you give room to the enemy, this is where he'll infiltrate and he'll take up occupancy there in that area. In the soul, which is the mind, the will, and your emotions. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, if you look at the scripture, um, when a demon gets cast out, they're sent to dry places. um, And then the spirit comes back to find his uh, clean, swept house. Um, 
So, you know, the Bible does describe our temples as homes, and we are able to share the Holy Spirit and also have a demon. In fact, you guys don't work with non-believers in casting demons out, right? Yes, that's right. It's actually very dangerous. Uh, There should be a a foundation there. There should be uh, Jesus to fill you up if you were just, you know, casting out devils out of anybody. The scriptures tell us that they, they go and find seven more wicked and come back and the person's uh, worse, worse off, off than what they were. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there has to be a basis of belief mm-hmm. and a willingness yes. to participate, to mm-hmm. to submit yourself to Jesus fully afterward as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So what exactly happens during a deliverance? Uh, this question came in, actually. Is it painful? And comparatively speaking to the Exorcist movies. <laughs> so... Compared to the, the so, horror movies, yeah. the craziness, Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood does a good job of, like, creeping us out. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I, I'm sure it can get to that, maybe. It, yeah, it definitely. <laughs> Thank we God heard. we have never seen anything that wild. But, um, yeah, I feel like that's the strategy of the enemy. He, he doesn't want people to even touch on this topic, and he wants to put everyone in fear. And uh, Hollywood does this crazy job of making it really drastic. But every deliverance that we've been is different. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because the way we started, um, you know, going off of his testimony video, he, God was equipping him. So I felt like the Lord had to catch me up to him because at that point he was already watching deliverance videos and he kind of, you know, had an idea of how that was going. Um, so he kept saying, Jotty, you need to look at this. You need to watch this. Me, as everybody, I'm sure, I was scared. I, I, I've watched The Exorcist, and I know how that is. So yes. I was like, look, I understand. I know you're you you know, you're watching that, you're doing that, that's fine. Um, but I'd rather not. Until he finally convinced me, and I watched the video, and I felt like the Lord gave me this revelation of, wow, like this is what may be going on with people out there. And seeing a spirit speak out of someone touched my heart like nothing else has touched my heart before. I was weeping, I was sobbing to see, you know, this person encounter that freedom that the mm-hmm. Lord has for us. I said, I want to do that. I want to be a part of that and I want to help people become free. And Yeah, um, and so good. I wasn't part of this deliberate more than just a bystander, but I mean, things get crazy, you hear voices, like it can be painful. I've literally seen a person get picked up and tossed like across the yard, mm-hmm. like by something I couldn't see, but I saw the man flying. And so it can get crazy. It can get, I mean, you can hear voices. You can hear other languages. You can hear things, lost tongues. You can hear whatever, all kinds of weird stuff. And they'll spout out like everything that you've ever done, everything that they've ever done, and it can get crazy. Yeah, um, like Candace mentioned that other weekend that she heard us... <laughs> doing the deliverance doing the deliverance um yeah like and like mike said every deliverance is different um some people will just cry um demons can come out in your tears you can yawn um but we have been in some deliverances that have been just a little bit crazy i happened to go to a deliverance myself um one time i actually had my girl jazz come with me that day um but i said lord you better come with me because I don't got my Aaron with me, but um, <laughs> I tend to think I'm like Moses sometimes. But um, um, 
we made it to the deliverance, and um, sadly, this girl had backslidden. And um, and this is an instance and an experience that we saw that in this case, her demons came back worse. Mm. The demons in her um, were just more powerful that you could see, and she was just angry, and you could just see the rage coming through her to the point where she was punching herself in the face. And her mom was there, even her younger sisters, and they were scared. Like, the, the power that this girl had, not her herself, but the demons that were in her, literally pushed this, this couch all the way back with just the strength in her head. So she was pushing this couch back with her head. Um, she was very angry. She was trying to throw punches. And I said, Lord, if this is the day I'm going to take a punch for you, so be it. Um, <laughs> thank God that did not happen. Um, but yeah, every deliverance is different. And there are some crazy ones out there. Um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to watch, but, you know, we, it, it, it happens and we try to pray. Um, there has been instances, too, where um, the demon will hurt the person physically inside. Mm -hmm. um, we've had her also say, like, they were hurting her. I don't know what they were doing, but that does also happen, too. So it, deliverance can be painful as well. Yeah. So how does someone know? How do you know if you need deliverance versus just a change that I need to make? Okay, so again, these are complex. Yeah, we go all day. <laughs> like, there's symptoms. Um, there's, uh, I guess, I guess you could say like intrusive desires, addiction. Um, what, what are some other ones that you can think of? So intrusive thoughts. Um, if you're having intrusive thoughts of maybe like um, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, anger to the point where you are like raging, you know, um, anxiety. There is anxiety that it can be demonic. Um, usually just anything that's intrusive, perversion, um, anything that God has created that is um, the devil flips and makes it in a perverted way is, is another instance in overwhelming fear. So, so there is symptoms. There are some, we call them yeah, symptoms. symptoms. Yeah. Also, like things happening around you in oh, your yes. house, mm -hmm. seeing things. Um, like, I know a lot of people have, like, that, oh, this thing touched me when I was in my bedroom, or like I saw things out of the corner of my eye in my house, or like the dishes move, the cabinets open. Get yourself checked out. Like, and also, <laughs> trauma yeah, is a very big seen, one. Yeah. Um, sometimes, as child, as children, we experience trauma, and that is definitely a way that we can get exposed to the demonic. So um, we tend to think that's not fair, but the devil doesn't play fair, and he doesn't care. Right. So the earliest he can get at you, that's his goal. Right. Um, so, yeah, we want to keep that in mind as well, generational yeah. curses, things that are not of our fault um, also. Yeah, so I've actually answered this question for a ton of people during this series, like, they come to me a little ashamed or a little scared or how do I know? How do, like, what if I need a deliverance? And I, I have been saying to people, look, it's just, initially it's just a conversation. There's nothing scary about it. Aaron and I can have that conversation with you. Mike and Jody can. There's a number of people in this church that would be happy to talk to you about it. Whoever you feel most comfortable with, but they have to know the right questions to ask. Yep. All we're doing is asking 
the right questions. We're, we're looking for torment in your life if you're tormented by something, and that's what they meant by intrusive thoughts, like fear that keeps coming back. You're, you're tormented by it. Um, or we're looking for those specific symptoms in your life. And at that point, we can sort of say, okay, yes, you probably need some prayer. We need to we need to work on some things, and, and we'll even sometimes send you home with some homework. Yep. Make a list of things you need to forgive, like the trauma, the whatever you've gone through in your in your life. Maybe you've opened some doors, and you need to clean house with the crystals and the new age stuff, and the you Ouija know all boards. the things that we've Ouija boards and stuff like that that we've talked about during the series. You need to go home, and we need to, and, and this is the process of sort of renouncing that I've been talking about as well. We're repenting. We're renouncing, meaning we're, we're formally walking away from evil practices or harmful practices in our life. And it's just that. It's a conversation. It's a process. And then you come back and we pray together. And usually at that point, I hand it over to Mike and Jody and just say, you know, they need some help with this. And we pray and we deliver and God is good, right? It's not, it doesn't have to be a super scary thing. And that's why we need help, right? We're the body of Christ. We can do this together. No one's saying you're alone in this. In fact, that's the opposite of your message, right? You're not alone in this. We can do it together. So um, I was going to wait a little bit longer to do this, but Latina, can I tag you in for a question real quick? She, <laughs> she's going to come up and just, because uh, we hit on anxiety and some mental illness. Latina is an elder of this church. She is uniquely sort of um, experienced to answer this particular question. She worked as a paramedic in Baltimore County for years and years, right? And uh, has a lot of education in the trauma and mental illness um, area. So just... What's the difference? How do you know the difference, Latina, in, in what's mental illness, what's physical, and what's spiritual? Okay, I'm... Hello, founder of Freedom Valley. Hello. Um, hi. Hi, Latina. That's me. That's your girl. <laughs> so um, I am a clinician of sorts, so I have a book. I write down stuff, so excuse me on that. Um, just to touch on a couple things, a young man over here, he spoke, it's such a vast arena and area, you would be here all day and we would all have to have sessions set up. <laughs> but I'm just gonna hit you with a couple things. Um, right now I'm employed with um, True North Wellness as a crisis intervention specialist. If you all are familiar with 988, the suicide prevention, it got changed from what it was, 1-800, such and such, such and such, to 988. So paramedic almost 11 years. I have a master's in trauma and crisis response and I'm working on my doctorate part-time. But nonetheless, for whatever reason, the Lord funneled me in the arena of trauma. So that's kind of the background that I bring to a lot of, but I'm, I'm, my role, the anointing I realized is that you pretty much didn't hit your last before you go over the edge if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Paramedic type duties, now crisis intervention specialist. And I just got promoted, the Lord blessed me, to therapist. Um, did I start that tomorrow? So anyway, awesome. yeah. But just a couple things, so stay with me. You have mental health. Everybody should aspire to have mental health, mental well-being. 
the same way you would want to have physical. I see my mans over here at the gym sometimes. Because <laughs> I goes in the morning before I go to work. So <laughs> nonetheless, but look at mental health the same way you look at physical health. That's and good. one thing I wanted to say to you all is that you all, he spoke about symptoms, right? We go to the doctor per symptoms. We go to the doctor per symptoms. So we have to start getting into the, the, the mindset of doing an assessment of our mental and where we are. And so you can treat what doctors do, MDs, the symptoms of whatever is presenting and prescribe something. She, they broke it down really well with levels, degrees. Not everybody gonna have the exorcism type situation and deliverance. So the first thing I would say for those that are out here fearful, everyone up here, this is a beautiful part about having the integrated approach to counseling. The integrated approach to counseling is what I endorse because we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. What happens is when we come into the church, we have the authority as blood-bought Christ representatives, and that's the main thing, the foundation. The secular world want to keep that out of it. And then they want to prescribe you medicines and medicines and medicines, and they are temporary fixes. Yeah. But they never get to the root of what needs to be delivered, like these gentlemen up here saying, ladies and gentlemen. But the integrated approach to counseling, that's why I'm grateful that I'm a Christian type of transitioner, crisis, counselor, whatever you want to call it. Because we're going to start off, flow with me. The paramedic's going to flow at you call because you got an emergency situation. We're going to stabilize that. But the next step is we need to find out what is the root. So you have a lot of things. What is causing you severe anxiety? What is causing you to have a split personality? A lot of complex trauma, sexually abused individuals and children, when you start seeing people with different personalities, especially in tra trauma cases, they've been abused sexually. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways of coping is you split off into different personalities. People ain't just crazy. He didn't tell anybody about his trauma sexually. His did not manifest into different personalities, but when you have sexual trauma, which a whole lot of people in this room have. Statistically. Statistically, absolutely. and have not told, mm -hmm. it manifests in different forms. Am I making sense? Yeah. So what happens is, we talk about symptoms like a doctor, we can treat it and we go on because God has given us an uncanny ability to still survive and, and go on. We may be wounded, dragging a leg, but we're going to go forward. Mm -hmm. When you start needing to go into mental disorders, now mental illnesses are things like anxiety, mild depression, things like that. A lot of us are able to still function, right? You got mental health. We all want mental health. You start having these mental illnesses, all of us. I had a situation with anxiety. When you start getting pressured, certain things went on, anxious, fear. Is that a real deliverance? Or as a man thinketh, so is he. Mm-hmm. One of the approaches that I endorse is cognitive behavioral therapy. It's really successful with PTSD. As a man thinketh, so is he. As I declare, amen. Didn't he have us doing declarations? Amen. In the morning, 
in the evening. Yeah. So you got to speak these things. Yes. yes. Come on. Yes. Amen. What I declare will come forth. But when it starts going into deeper things, you need, she said she's not going to call a specialist. Once we've assessed what the root of something is, and this is how you will know if it's just mild, you need to change your thinking, you need to speak the word of God, you need to do this, that, and the other. When it starts, and this is what we use in the mental health field, when it starts altering your daily living, and it's making you do stuff that you can't control, like what we've seen, that's the next level of deliverance. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Yeah. When it starts altering and you can't function, some of you all have family members, they're not taking care of themselves. They're ready to jump off and they just have these impulsive, intrusive thoughts and, and hallucinations and all that other stuff. You done went to another level that needs to be looked at. So again, assessments, seeing where someone is, it may just be some alter in the thinking cognitively and other things. And get this too, again, three-part beings. Sometimes people have had traumatic, traumatic brain injury you can have some organic things being born that will cause you to be off balance. That's why you need to have a whole assessment done instead of, I got to cast the devil out you, I got to cast. What if it's a chemical imbalance or a hormonal imbalance? You won't know that until you get an assessment done. Integrated approach to counseling. Get a whole assessment like you would do when you get a physical, when your labs is off, what they tell you, you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to look at the whole big picture and that's my lane right there. I'm looking at the big picture, and we're going to mitigate the crisis, the paramedic and me, intervention specialist. We're going to stop that right there for safety. And then what we can do is we can work on, so how you got here? And they got all kind of tools, but everything is not a deliverance thing. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Let me give you these notes, and I'm out your way. I'm out your way. Speak. As a man thinketh, so is he. Sometimes what we should be treating, we try to cast out. And then also what we should be casting out, we need to be delivering. Yeah. How do you know that? You have to take some time. Everything ain't a one cut, 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 cookie cutter. Yeah. So do an assessment of what it is. It could be just some mild adjustments. Here's a, here's a tip, news flash. Get enough rest. Get enough sleep. Stop working so many hours. Yeah. Stop being anxious. Stop eating and drinking all them Red Bulls and Monsters and have your heart rate all spud up and then you got to go to the emergency room. I ain't going to get into that. Because next thing you know, you go and talk about, I got panic attacks and I'm anxious and you didn't have about five monsters. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm hearing voices, but anyway. Mental illness, mental disorder, mental insanity. The criteria, how you would know if it's severe enough when you need some deliverance from these fine people and Aaron and things like that, is if it's causing a person to really be outside of themselves. Did anyone see the Chosen series? Yeah. yeah. That lady so that had all them demons in her. Do your research in the Bible. Look at those people when they just took over them. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to be scared. Some of these other things are infirmities. It's a result of sin iniquities that have passed down. We got authority. But when they flop over to where the young lady was with the demons, raise up, because I had a, a mental evaluation I had to do at the hospital the other day, and the gentleman was manifesting the voices. And I had to, in my professional setting, behind that man, start, while I'm doing an evaluation in the hospital professionally. But that spirit manifesting up. 
But I refuse in Jesus' name. We are the authority in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there you got that. All domains must be addressed. Just as one goes to the doctor, I said that. There's uh, mental health. You got mild, moderate, and severe. There's testings. But a big key is, again, if it's taking over a person's life, you got some deeper issues you need to look at. Come to these fine people in Aaron and Karen. Candace. <laughs> okay, so that was the last thing with that. But um, sexually abused, I did want to hit on that because he said that we have our authority in Christ. But a lot of these transgender, we're seeing a lot that's calling, and there are a lot of suicidal um, young people cutting self-harm. So it's not just same sex, it's not just homosexuality, it's not just promiscuous, whatever your thing is. And that's what my whole situation, when people were talking about same sex, you can be promiscuous. When you have trauma, mm -hmm. sometimes people become um, prostitutes. They've been sex trafficking. I'm trying to get the church to understand, this is my personal mission, to realize, stop judging things on the surface. There's a reason why that girl turned to liking girls. There's a reason why that boy might have turned to liking boys. He turned to still liking women, but he could have went into the other way. We got to look at big pictures. Yeah. And the thing is you have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom instead of sitting in a self-righteous, uh, pompous uh, attitude because it could happen to you. Yeah. And I don't want to be direct, but if you had somebody running up in you when you was young, males, would you want a male? Or a female did certain things like your mama did. The church is called to love. And we're called not to judge. We're not supposed to leave people where they are. But let's get to know where they are. And then we bring them from there to there with the love of Christ. And by example, we need to cast out. But let's be the examples first instead of with our mouth judging them. That's all I got to say. May the Lord bless you. Thank you. Wow. I feel like she just downloaded everything. For us this morning. Fire. Listen, I did just want to mention as she was speaking, when we're asking people to pray up around the altars, you have experts in the field here. You have people anointed specifically, like the Waldies, for example, Tom and Greta. All these, the people that we have pray up here around the altars aren't just up right. here, <laughs> they're not random. They've been anointed or well-educated like Latina. They have experience to pray over you. Don't pass that up if you're struggling with something here. We're going to offer a time of prayer at the end today. Like, Don't walk out of here still struggling with something. Come and talk. And, and we've been through these things, you know? There's no shame attached to it. There's, there's nothing to be afraid of in that. Come and get prayer. Let us lay our hands on you. The people specifically anointed to deal with your issue are up here. They're in the room, right? Get prayer. Latina is one of them. Amen. Hold on a second. I'm going to hit on that. Let's go. Instead of running to the people in your lives that you want to hear the answer they have, this is where you should be doing battle. Because we are specifically set up here to be your advocates. Being a pastor isn't easy. Being in the prayer team isn't easy. And, we, and at some, in some ways, we do end up owning some of that that you go through. But we want to. That's what we're here for. If you go and run to your BFF on Facebook or you post on Facebook how bad your church is because you don't feel delivered or whatever it is, it happens 
do it here. Again, you do the work. Yeah. Don't just sit in your seats and be lazy Sunday Christians. Put on the armor. Put it on. Make sure it fits right. Don't put it on like some sloppy little slacker. And then carry your little, pick the little shield because it's lighter and you feel lazy. Pick up the big shield. Get with your people. These are your people. Yeah. I'm so tired of hearing Christians complain about other Christians when you're the ones not doing the work. This is where battle happens. This is where freedom happens. This is where you're set free and this is where lives are changed. Yes, it can happen in your closets, but he did the work. So we're here to help you do the work. So if you walk out of here and you have a pity party and you feel like you didn't get nothing out today, that's on you. Here's where it happens. Some of this stuff he's been waiting to say. It's a little bottled up, I think. (laughs) Preach. All right. Keep moving through some of these questions that have been asked, right? Can you open yourself up to a demon or allow one in by thinking or talking about this topic in general? No. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. If that was the case, you'd all be demonized right now. Right. <laughs> we'd all be jacked up. No, no. And I think that's where the devil has us with that. That's what um, He does like to put in a lot of fear in a lot of us in that sense. Um, but no, absolutely not. I mean, you have pastors, you have prophets, you have all kinds of people researching these things, doing these things. Um, Jesus himself, like, you know. So. Are, are we not covered in the blood? Right. right. Are, are, do we not serve a good God? Yes. Right. Amen. It's ridiculous. Um, You said demonized. Explain that term versus possession. You're good at this, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, Mike, you have a good explanation. It it changes all the time. I'm always learning. Um, Yeah. So we're not too crazy about the word demon possessed, um, just because it's it seems like ownership. Yeah. And the the devil doesn't own any Christian. Um, I believe that Christians can possess a demon, but a demon can't possess a Christian. And um, so, yeah, demonize. We like we like to use the term demonize. Um, and I don't mean to get all like theological and stuff. That's um, alright. Get when, theological. When, when you look at it. like the like the the, the, the Greek word, word demonize. The, yeah, de- it's it's um, it's demonized, right? Correct. De- demonize. Daimonizomai or something like that. So we like using demonized. We don't like to say people possessed. I mean, it's all the same. Basically, possession is ownership. The devil cannot own us. Jesus died for us, and he paid for our our, our soul. So that belongs to Christ. Yeah, but like you said, there's rooms in our house sometimes that can maybe own a piece. Yes. But not the whole. The way I think of it. Is okay. You've seen the show Hoarders. How nasty it is, right? Imagine that's your your internal home before Jesus, right? We're like, yeah, we have all this stuff that like sentimental value or secret sins or whatever it is, drinking, lust, pornography, whatever. It's in it's stuffed in our rooms to the yeah. top. We ask Jesus to come in. He cleans it out. But as he's taking it out, a lot of the times we're like, oh, oh, but don't let's let's leave that box. Hold on, let's leave that box. Oh, and that, that little thing, let's put that in there. That meant a lot to me, right? And then you take that and you put it in a little closet. And you lock the door. 
don't think about it. That doesn't mean it's not there, yeah. right? And if you don't take care of this box, it's going to grow. The hoard is going to come back. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be delivered and changed, get rid of it all. And not to say we're perfect, because no one's perfect. There will always be sin. We are flawed. But if you know of something that you're keeping back because it is comfortable or convenient or you're just ashamed of it, get rid of it. Allow Jesus into that Because closet. Jesus will take it. He doesn't hold it against you. He throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. He wants you to be clean. He wants you to be repentant. He wants to change you from the inside out. Yeah. So let's not be them nasty hoarders. Let's clean out our houses the right way. Clean house. And I think that the, one of the hardest things for people is actually just saying that first step. Yeah. It's just getting with someone, another fellow believer, and, you know, telling them your struggles. Confession. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's trauma or, you know, something you're just right. dealing with. Um, the first step is just getting with someone, another believer, and just, you know, letting someone know. Yeah, and if you get it, if you get it out and then you bring it back in, the Bible says it comes back worse. So... If you're going to do it, mean it. Otherwise, don't do it. Yeah. Please don't think you're crazy as well. Yeah. Um, I know that he, when he was going through what he was going through, he literally thought he was going crazy. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I got to a point where I thought maybe this is a mental health thing. Yeah. Like I, we were at that point, like, because we, we knew about the demonic, but we didn't really understand it. Yeah. So um, you're not crazy, and you're not alone the first thing people usually say when they approach us is, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to think this is insane. And I'm like, no, I don't. Just tell me. <laughs> no, off the bat, I do not. We're like that uh, farmer's insurance. <laughs> We've seen a thing or two. We've seen a thing or two. <laughs> so, guys, what are some good, biblically accurate resources to learn more? How can we go further in learning more about this stuff? Yeah, so I myself have read um, a couple books. I'm on my third one now on uh, children's deliverance. But a lot of the things that we've learned from the people um, that have wrote these books are from Don Dickerman, uh, Frank Hammond. And a lot of these books are written on teachings from Derek Prince and the old pioneers of deliverance. Yeah. Um, we are still students, of course. We are still watching podcasts, sermons. We're still reading on this. So... Um, like Candace said, we're not experts, but we're still learning. But those are some great tools to get you started and give you some great information. Just in case someone's frantically writing down names, can you say those names one more time? Yes. Don Dickerman, Frank Hammond. Derek Prince, my favorite. Reinhard Bunke. Yes. Johannes. Johannes. Yes. That's great to learn from. We did link a couple books that Jody recommended in the sermon notes today if you're interested in going the further Bible. with this. Bible. Yes. yes. <laughs> I thought that one was obvious, but... <laughs> obvious, but needed said. <laughs> All right. Maybe this one's a little bit more for Aaron, but what do demons look like to people who can see them? I don't know. Like, Well, I, mean, I do know. But I guess they can look like anything. As far as... I mean, I've seen, like she said, the spirit of alcoholism, I didn't know what it was. It was following me around. I'd see it while driving. I thought I hit it a couple times because it would jump out in the road and I'd slam my brakes and she'd think I'm insane. But that looked like a weird lion body with like a 
It sounds stupid, but the best I can describe is like a lion body with like a big old gorilla head. And it would just run. And like it would not even like look where it's going at. Like I'd see it. I thought it was a deer or something beside me. So I'd look over and the thing would be just running, looking at me, like right in the eye. And I was like, what in the world am I seeing? So, I mean, I've also seen when I was little, the story she told about my mom. You told that, right? Anointing, Anointing the house with oil. She was anointing all the vents and windows, and I'm little, probably like four or five, and I'm like, what are we doing? She's holding my hand, and she's walking around praying in tongues, and we had a little trailer, and she was anointing every entrance she could think of, praying over it. At the time, my dad had an alcoholism problem. Again, that spirit of alcoholism. And um, she was a very firm believer in Christ and like lived it out. And thank God my dad's not an alcoholic anymore. Like, he's been delivered of that. Like, God is good, right? But at that time, um, he came home drunk, and he passed out in the bed. And I woke up to a literal, probably seven-foot-tall demon. And this is before the game Doom, the video (laughs) game. But it was huge. Filled up my entire doorway, and he was just banging his head on my door, staring at me. And I screamed. My mom came running out of her room praying in tongues and it got, went, went away. So I've seen everything from a weird lion or ape to a big, ugly, horned monster like we imagine. And I've seen the, the shield of faith, belt of truth, that I know were demons. I've seen, I, I've seen a lot of things. I mean, I think I'm gifted in that. But I think they can look like whatever the devil can use to manipulate or scare you. I think it can be something that he, that he brings to you that you think is innocent so that you feel comfortable with it. Like you often hear, I saw a little girl or I saw a little boy in my house. And everybody's like, oh, it's, it's friendly. No. The devil will use that to grip you some way, somehow. Whether it's to attach, whether it's to bring fear. I've, I've been in a house, I grew up in a house that had a little boy in it that we would see occasionally. I've woken up to things sitting on my bed and touching my leg. I've seen things in the corner of my rooms. But, and this all sounds scary, but this is, again, I'm going to hit this today. If you do the work, you have nothing to fear. Right? Because greater is he that is in me yeah. than he that is in the world. That's simple, and we know it as kids, but that is powerful. Fear is his main foothold, I think, for a lot of Christians. If you can get over fear and recognize the power that you have if you've accepted Christ into you, if you walk in the authority that God's given you, mm-hmm. then nothing can stand against you, right? Because in the name of Jesus, they must flee. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the authority behind that name, then you have a problem. Yeah. So walk in the authority, put the work in, live it, Read your Bible. Know what the Bible says about you. That's why the 40 IMs, I think, I'm sorry, I'm going long. I I think that's why the 40 IMs are so valuable because it equips you to know what God says about you. What am I? I am this. You have nothing to fear. Um, When she was talking about the armor, I had this... When she preaches, I envision things a lot. I see them because it helps me remember 
as a lot of a lot of us here are either young or or growing Christians, you know, we've haven't gotten there yet, if you will. <clears throat> I had this vision of the armor, and the little boy is putting on his armor, and it's huge on him, kind of like David when he put on the armor. It didn't fit him, but in in this little boy is standing there looking, and he has the shield, and he's he's swimming in his daddy's armor, basically. But behind him was his dad. That's Jesus. We put on that armor in faith. And Jesus has our back. God's standing right there. It's like showing up to a knife fight with a tank. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because who can stand against him? Yeah. Nobody. No little girl demon. No big monster demon. No spirit on the ceiling. No whatever. No Ouija board nonsense. It must flee if you've yeah. done the work. Yeah. I knew once I got a mic in his hand... I knew once I got a mic in your hand, you'd preach. All right, so do we have time for a couple more? Will you guys give us time for a few more? Can we keep going a little bit? Okay. What are some of the most common spirits, manifestations, things that you run into? during? You've done, I think you said, over 50 of these in the past year or two, right? Are there some common themes? What do you think is most common and why? So yeah, we're coming up on two years, and we've encountered a uh, spirit of confusion. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that's where the enemy really likes to attack. He likes to confuse every every part of you. Um, for whatever reason, we start calling out a spirit of confusion. Usually, people start manifesting, and uh, we'll start from there. Uh, second to that would be uh, trauma. Right? Yes. I think that we have seen lots of generational things. Yes. yes. Sure. Generational things in, um, I want to say, like, family members dabbling in occults and witchcraft. I know mine, per se, my there's, you know, bloodline of witchcraft there, and I, I feel like we've run into that a lot, a lot of generational things in people's families. When, when we're dealing with cases of cult, <laughs> new age practices, we tend to run into, like, principality names, like mm. prince demon names, uh, bigger bigger names. Mm. Um, but those aren't as common. We have run into um, Spirit of Jezebel quite a bit. Um, we're still learning a lot on yeah. that, um, but that one, not necessarily in men per se. I mean, usually the Spirit of Jezebel um, can be more present in the women, but we have um, seen them in men. Um, but that one has come in a lot, and it's been said if there's sexual trauma, that spirit is most always there. Um, so I think that's another common one as well. Yeah. That was one of the questions, actually. Anything, any other details about that spirit specifically? Well, like I said, we're still learning about Miss Jezebel, but um, <laughs> we tend to think that she's all about promiscuity and. Control. Yeah. Control. Um, but, it is really about control with her, um, with that spirit. And what we've come to find is that she's really just a controlling, manipulative um, spirit that tends to hold on people's lives. Very destructive. Tries to tear up women and the men. How Art. about the religious spirit? With all these new religions popping out of nowhere, New Age, Hinduism, they're, for whatever reason, um, we're embracing those false religions. 
there's a lot of uh, worship of false gods. So um, yeah, the people that come in that are renouncing their, their occult practices or witchcraft or divining, divination practices will, will run into uh, spirits of religion that we, we call, call out and, and we discern that spirit. So yeah, that's a huge one too. I have a lot of Catholic background, so that'll yeah. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> I want to touch on that multiple religion thing. Let's go. If you are a believer, you should not be dabbling in anything else. Yes. Come amen. on. Okay? Amen. We amen. don't live this buffet Christianity where it's okay, I'll take the healing and blessing from God, yeah. but I'll take the cleansing of sage or some reiki or reiki whatever it is um along with some new age and and this no we are called to serve one god okay and whenever you do that you're opening yourself up to a lot of trouble it's dangerous because you're saying god yeah i love you but i love these other things too and god don't deal with that okay god is a jealous god and he wants you to himself which is a good thing. So don't, if you're dabbling in that stuff, if you're messing with Ouija boards, oh, oh man, we'll get there in a minute, I think. But <laughs> that's dangerous. All these things are dangerous. You're putting your faith in something else besides God. Therefore, you're not serving one God. And it's all counterfeit anyway. It's all a joke, yeah. God offers the real thing. Why go? For the counterfeit I don't know. version. I don't know. But if you are, stop. Seriously. Because you're opening yourself up to attacks. You're, ap- you're opening doors. You're op- giving him footholds because your armor's weak. You didn't put on your helmet of salvation or. Is that what it is? Helmet of salvation? Yeah. I forget the name. But you didn't put on your armor correctly, right? You're putting your shoes on backwards or something. You're leaving yourself vulnerable. You're carrying around a weak little shield that just says blessing and salvation. It doesn't, doesn't, it's not the whole shield. But the, let's go to the Ouija board. I like the Ouija board. Can I just I say, I don't like the Ouija board. But I like can it. I just say but something really quick? Hold on. I like talking about the Ouija board. I just wanted to mention something really quick that kind of ties in with that. Like, yeah, yeah. guys, we have the Holy Spirit. And right. Like God gave us him for a reason. And, you know, it's easy to, like, get into those Don't things. Don't settle for less. Yeah, but, like, you have the Holy Spirit. If you're questioning it, ask him. Right. You know, it, of course, please ask your fellow believers, but you yourself, ask and go to God first. Is this right? Yeah. Like, And you know, you know, if you have that discernment, you're going to know in your spirit, I shouldn't be doing that. I and, shouldn't buy that. And right. as believers, we need to learn the line of right and wrong for ourselves. You can't always depend on me or Candace or Mike and Jody or Latina to be your, what's the word? Uh, External descent. Yeah, there you go. Like We're not like a plug and play kind of thing. You need to know that for yourself. You need to get in your word. You need to talk to God. And you need to get down and do the work to find out where the lines are in your life that are non-negotiables whether it's sexual, whether it's the spiritual stuff or, or fasting or praying and all those things, 
you need to know what, where to go. You need to have your, what's the word I'm looking for? Parameters. Yeah, parameters. That's a good one. You need to know the parameters of what you should and should not do and know them steadfast. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another one for you, Aaron. Um, we've talked about you, you know, getting up in the middle of the night and anointing our house and casting things out and, and things like that. One of the questions that came was, I'm saved, but my husband isn't. Should I still anoint my house? Will it even work? Do you believe in God? Do you trust God? Yes, you should. Okay, again, here we go. My video, my, my analogies. How many of you have seen Harry Potter? <laughs> no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I believe that when you go into... Let me touch on the Harry Potter first. Whenever, okay, so in the movie, there's this part where Harry Potter, these like these things called Dementors. They're like, I'm gonna use. There are demons are coming at him. They suck the life out of him. They're making everything suck. Life's turning gray and makes everything frozen and cold. And he like does his little spell. I'm not four spells. Let's just make that clear. But I like the movies. He does his spell and his little Patronus thing comes out and all the demons, all the Dementors leave. They have to. Yeah. That's us. We need to have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Jesus living in us. And when we're walking through these trials or through these helping people or, you know, down in the ditches helping our fellow, fellow believers get up and get back in the fight, things are going to come at us. But we need to have that light emanating from us so that they can't even come near us. Mm-hmm. It says at his name they must flee. And I want that power to be, I imagine that when I walk into a room, because I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in who God is. And I'm confident in what he can do. I'm a black or white guy. Like, there's no gray for me. And I know that Jesus has my back. So I'll walk into wherever, whenever, and know that there's nothing going to suck onto me or attach to me because it can't. Mm-hmm. Because it cannot. So I think if you have a husband or a, or a son or a daughter or a wife or whoever that isn't a believer that's living in your house, you own the authority in our house. Right? Because he that is in me is greater than he is in the world. I would I would specifically pray over that house and say, whatever attachments are on my family member, friend, whoever comes here, you may not enter. You stand at the foot of the door. Actually you stand out the road because I don't even want you on my property. <laughs> yes. In the name of Jesus because you say I Jesus says I can't place a hedge of protection around your household protect your I pray whenever that happened in our house yeah I was irritated <laughs> I, I was dead asleep and I woke up I, oh I didn't wake up yet I just had full of goosebumps and I woke up speaking in tongues because I knew something was in my room my spirit man sensed it and I woke up and I was I was, I was angry because why how dare you have the audacity to show yourself in my house especially while I'm sleeping not that I'm afraid of him, because I'm not afraid of him, but I told it, it must leave. And I went around the house. I, I was out in my boxers walking around my property. In the name of Jesus, I placed a hedge of protection on here. You are not welcome here. You must leave. Whatever is here must leave in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Because I have the authority through Christ. Because I walk in that. So, yes, anoint your house. Cover it. Because you, you control the temperature of what comes in your house. Yeah. So good. Should all Christians be healing the sick? Should we all be casting out demons? Or is it just for the people God calls to it? 
I think that we should all be should equipped. All. Um, if there's a time where you have a friend that's struggling, like you should be able to lay your hands, pray healing over them, cast out a demon. We should all be equipped, absolutely. Yeah. Great commission, right? Great yes. commission. Go into all um, the world. It doesn't say go into the Christian world. Yeah. Um, I, there are the instances world. where I feel like we should not all be doing that. Like if you right. don't have your life right, don't go into and tamper into that because it could just be dangerous. Right. End up like the sons of Sceva. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't want to end now up like the sons of Sceva. Yes. Right. So you don't have your armor on. Correct. You don't have your stuff in order. The breastplate of righteousness, for example, is that obedience factor. All those things. If you're not lined up and living right, yeah, <laughs> probably don't do that. Right. Uh, no, so definitely right. don't do that. <laughs> definitely. Um, what's an open door? We keep throwing around some, some of these terms, and these were actually questions submitted, so I do want to cover that as well. What's an, what's an example? What are some ways demons can enter in your life? We mentioned this a couple times throughout uh, talking here today, but uh, trauma is definitely one. Um, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes abuse happens. Sometimes you experience things that you did. Me, personally. And that you know, the devil plays dirty. He doesn't care. You're young. You're old. Um, but open doors would be an area that you are not still partaking dead. in, um, actively sinning. Yeah, unforgiveness is huge. It's just you're opening yourself up for attack. That's basically what an open door is. Attack could be many different things. Many disobedience. And I, many I think, kind. like we talked about Friday, when we say actively partaking in sin. None of us are perfect. We right. all have sin in our lives. There's a difference between actively partaking in sin and struggling against sin. Yep. On, sin is something that we need to struggle against, not give in to. Right. Okay? That's, that's the clarification I need to make there. Because we aren't perfect. We all have downfalls daily. Me especially. But... I'm struggling against it daily, trying to renew who I am and further myself in Christ, okay? So just I wanted to make that clear that when we say that there's sin going on, that it doesn't mean perfection because that's not possible. Right, right. Uh, is it scary? Is it scary for you guys to see someone demon-possessed? At first, yeah. yes, when no. we started... <laughs> two years ago it was creepy we'd come back home i would wake up in the middle of the night i tell her hey babe like i can't stop hearing their screams i'm seeing her face you know mm. could be so many different things it was creepy at first but now it's um it all depends too on the type of deliverance um of course if you're gonna have a crazy deliverance where the person's like ah you know like that of course like naturally i'm gonna get a little fearful yeah. um but instantly you know it goes away because i know who has my back um, but yes, it can definitely be, you know, scary for the person and for us as well. Um, but it does, it's not something that we dwell in. Um, like Can't said, live there. Jesus has our back, so. Got to keep it moving. Yep. Yeah. Can't live there. For me, I don't get scared of them because I get so pumped up. <laughs> like, I get filled with, the, like, this fire. Mm -hmm. Like, who, how, like, the audacity that the devil has sometimes just... How dare you come over here? me. You know what I mean? Like, he, he is, uh, he's got some audacity. 
when the Holy Spirit, when it says the Holy Spirit gives you power, love, and a sound mind, there is a power there. Like you can feel it yeah. well up within you. You can see it in their eyes, and immediately it gets right. You feel this. I, I get authority. I'm gonna call it righteous anger. Yes. But it looks like real anger. <laughs> yeah. Like, can I say, like, when we get going, like, I know the one time that I went without you, Mike, Jasmine, you can attest to this. Um, but like once we get going and we start casting that thing out, it's like you feel it and you're like, get out of here. Like, yeah. you know what? It just kind of rouses up something inside of you that's like, you know what? You know that what? I'm spirit. bigger than you. Like, no, mm-hmm. you can't. And the one thing I wanted to touch on, um, like you said, that you feel like presence. And um, Jasmine, you were there with me um, when we were doing the deliverance. But the, the demon did not want to open its eyes. And I kept commanding, you know, look at me. And I said, why can't you look at me? And, um, and I'll say I was a little bit fearful going and this is this alone. Um, I had Jasmine, but still a little bit of fear there. Um, I was commanding the demon to open its eyes and look at me uh, because they can see something in us. Yeah, they we can recognize can. who's inside. And I said, why can't you look at me? And the demon said, it's too bright. Right. And at that moment, I was like, I said, wow, Jesus, you are truly here with me. And that just pumped me up even more. So, yeah. Yes. So good. Is it common? This one actually just came in this morning. Is it common to experience spiritual warfare as a new believer? How can a new believer who knows little begin to arm themselves? Anybody have a good one for that? I haven't haven't been a new believer in a long time. (laughs) <laughs> so I would imagine that, yes, it probably is common because there's things in your life that don't want to let go. You've, you've been living a certain way for so long that those things got super comfortable, right? So my, um, my assumption would be, yes, I think there would probably be a lot of spiritual warfare. But since you're not, you don't feel equipped, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you become equipped. So again, it comes down to doing the work. If you're hearing these things, if you're feeling these things, talk to one of us. We can help you. There's some checklists we can go down to help you. Are you reading your Bible? And let's start the basics. Are you praying? Mm-hmm. Have you cut ties with the sins in your life? I mean, because if you're ongoing, you're going to have torment because you're being pulled two directions, and that's uncomfortable. Personally, I also think there's a a sort of supernatural gift of faith that comes with being brand new at this. Watching a lot of new believers walk through this, they have this fresh faith. And I think God gives that to us as a gift. And it helps us sort of overcome some of those new things that we're, we're still going through. So let's end with this. If there's one last thing you would want everyone to know, one big takeaway, what would that be? Maybe one from each of you. I'll go last. Uh, okay, so I feel like us, us believers, we're at a disadvantage when um, we're ignorant to these things, when you, know, you just try to ignore them. So like me growing up, I, I kind of had an idea about you know, spiritual stuff, but uh, I would take resisting the devil out of context, and that's actually like an action verb, like fight against. I would just ignore it, you know, you ignore it, you hear all this, like, you ignore it, and they'll leave you alone, but that's probably one of the worst things you can do, so get into the Bible, get, uh, put on your armor, some of us got some rusty armor, rusty swords, we don't, yeah. we're not picking up our armor daily, and uh, I encourage you, just 
get in the word, build that relationship with Jesus, and he will lead the way. He will guide you through whatever it is. Yeah. I have a couple things that I want to touch on, and I'll try not to be long here, but can I just touch on marriage a little bit here? I'm just going to be yeah. real. Um, because marriage is big and what we do here. And I feel like the Lord has given me a revelation on marriage when this whole thing started. And I just want to let us, I just want to let you guys know that uh, let's try a little bit harder in our marriages. Like I, I, I feel like this, um, I feel like divorce has kind of been like a little bit of like a trend, you know. And I like what you said that your, your grandma, you know, mentioned, you know, how'd you do it so long? It's because there's no other option. Right. You know, at that moment when he was weak, the Lord wanted me to be strong for you. And I said, wow, okay, God, you know, this is what marriage is. And, and I feel like every marriage has a mission. You know, we should be in this together. Whatever your spouse is doing, support them. Be there for them. Whenever they are weak, you are strong because the Lord is strong within you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and those that are single out there, not anyone in particular, but I feel like there's lots of women out there that, you know, are just desiring that perfect man, that, that, that perfect Christian man. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Please pray for that. Right. I prayed for a Christian man when I was young. I, I tell him all the time. I tell the kids that I, I, I would lay in my bed at night and I said, God, I would love to have a Christian man growing up. I want a Christian family. Like, that's what I want. Please yeah. pray for those things. because The Lord will hear you. Right. Um, but if you're single and, and, you know, you want those things, please know that God, you know, wants to fulfill those desires for you. Yeah. The Lord desires to create us. And he rested on the seventh day because he was satisfied. He wants to, he wants to you know, fulfill those desires. He wants you to be satisfied. So just know that if that is something you desire, pray on it. But you know what? Seek the Lord first. Dig into him first and he will do that for you. Yeah, good. So please don't lose good hope word. on that, women out there. And please, let's be strong in our marriages. Let's not take the easy way out. Right. It's, it's not meant to be easy. Marriage is tough. You're going to go through it. You know, we all do. But, you know, God is there with us. Let's be strong and support our spouse. Absolutely. And the last thing I wanted to say is let's pray for our pastors. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, come on. Let, they're, they're awesome. Uh, you know? I, we're so appreciative for, for them just allowing us to do this here at the church and that, that they're on board for us, that we have some, some awesome, amazing pastors that are just so supportive, and we love you guys. And, you know, they are, they're human. They're, they're just like us. They, they have struggles, you know. They, they need prayer, too. So let's be there for them, you know. You know, let's be there for the church. Let's all come together, be together. And please put them in your prayers. Um, and if you could pray for us as well. <laughs> because, you know, we'll accept that. We need it all we can. You know, we're all human. Front but lines. Please pray for them. Uh, we're praying for you guys. And we just thank appreciate you. you guys. And thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. I want you guys. I'm trying to think how to say this. Give it to him. I know, I will. <laughs> Let's stop playing games. I mean, I want to have a church that's a lean, mean fighting machine that's plundering hell to populate heaven. Right? So to do that and to come out unscathed, we need to put on our armor correctly. We need to walk into battle, lockstep, like she was talking about 300, taking ground. Mm-hmm. And then when we have to, cat, cat. Take out some demons, right? <laughs> but we need to be unified. Yeah. 
And another thing, the church, I mean, as you know, COVID was hard. We lost people, but that's okay. I feel like we're in a, a time where we are re-strategizing. We've cut cut some fat, and the church isn't going to grow. I'm going to get to this. Is what I'm, I'm just going to say it straight. The church isn't going to grow unless you guys do your part. It's nice to be here on Sundays. It's nice to feel like you checked off your box and you got your good little sermon and you walk away feeling good. Now go out and do some work. Go out into the world, reach your neighbors, reach your friends, reach your family, reach your coworkers, reach the guy at the, at the counter, reach the mechanic, do it. We are supposed to be the light in the world. Stop covering up your light. Live it out. Because Candace and I, our job is to equip you to reach the world. Be the church. Yeah, to be the church. We can't make the church grow, neither can you. That's God's job. But our job is to go into the world and spread the, spread the word. So do it. Let's not be seat fillers. Let's not be these lazy hoarders that allow these secret sins to go on in our life. Let's be real Christ followers. Yeah. And when we do so, this church is going to ignite. We're going to change... Adams County, Hanover, York. We're going to change this whole area. God has a lot for this church. We have a lot to offer the world. And it's because we're a lean, mean, fighting machine. Okay? So let's not walk in fear. Let's not walk in condemnation. Another thing. You guys can all do these things. Right? What was it? Two years ago, you were in my living room dealing with stuff. Right? Talk about that for a second. Yeah, I showed up. uh, How does Latino put it? Busted, broken, broken, all that, all that broken, stuff going busted on. Busted and disgusted. There you go. Definitely, <laughs> definitely a rough season. My sure. my brother Aaron here, he spoke life back into me. Yeah. He told me about my authority, and I was like, I should never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't practice any authority going on. So, yeah, I left there um, with hope, with hope, and he prayed, you know, against the spirit of fear that he discerned right away, which he nailed. You know, I was dealing with so much fear issues, anxiety, panic attacks. And, I mean, that all led to this, right? And look at that. Not to mention, um, up until two year, almost two years ago, we lived that Christian life. Yeah. And Refresh. we never took it seriously until 2020. And we said yes to God, and here we are. <laughs> Say yes to God. Yeah. You guys can be warriors. You guys can be whatever it is God's called you to be. He is unrepentant in it. So walk in it. Be the best believers we can be, and let's take this world. That's all I got to say. I love you guys. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's give our guests a hand. You guys can go have a seat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Was that helpful, you all? Was that good? I, before we go today, I briefly want to share my takeaway from this entire series. What I want you to get from this, it's been my fear that I am just causing more fear, right? That we're talking about these things and exposing some things that you didn't know you were scared of before, but you do now. That has not ever been my intention with this series. I hope that you walk away from this series feeling empowered, right? Feeling ready, not afraid, not beat down. I, I hope that you now know how to suit up, not hide away right? 
the point of the series wasn't to scare you and make you fearful of everything. In fact, just the opposite. It's to convince you that the supernatural world is real, right? What God-given guidelines there are out there for interacting with it, but to also arm you to fight against it, right? To hold your ground. We take ground from the enemy as a group. It's what the church was made for, why Jesus invented it. So we could take ground together as a group. That's the next series we're going into is called Taking Ground. We dealt with our issues, our our internal stuff over the past eight weeks, right? Putting on your personal armor of God because the enemy is a thief. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. I hope you got that, if nothing else. He wants to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. But we serve a God who is so much more powerful, so much more, so much greater. He's given us all the tools necessary to conquer evil in this life. Okay, so to end off this series, we're just going to give you an opportunity again for prayer. When I tell you that the people on this prayer team are specifically anointed to pray over you, I mean it. You see Tom up here as well at the end of most services. He and his lovely wife are our elders, have been elders of this church for a decade more, two decades. (laughs) So long. When it says come to the elders of the church, if you're sick and let them pray over you, come to them right? They are anointed in all of this stuff too. Uh, Mike and Jody, Latina, the Waldies are up here praying every week. Come and get prayer. That's what they're here for, right? We, We storm the gates of hell together. We're meant to. Where two or more are gathered, he is here with us, right? It's, it's all over the Bible. And yet we so often allow fear, shame, maybe to distract us, to let us run out the back door immediately after service instead of coming up here to get prayer. The other thing I want you to understand, though the enemy has power, because he does, like Aaron said so many times today, greater is he who is within me than he who is within the world. You are a child of God. Suiting up is about walking in that authority. You have to actively take authority and walk in that. So we're going to put our big kid pants on, right? We're going to square up. We're going to hold our head high. We're going to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. We're going to carry the sword of the spirit. You are ready. You are able, right? You are equipped, called by God uniquely to go live in the world, just not of it. You're different. You're made of different stuff. You are called and held in a place of safety and honor. That's what God has for you because you are the children of God. Do you understand that today? Can you walk out of here feeling that being equipped, powerful in Jesus' name? Yes? But it wasn't super overwhelming, convincing. (laughs) All right. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your word. Thank you that it's useful to teach us, to correct us, to guide us, to convict us. Thank you that we can conquer the evil in this world, that you have equipped us to do so, that your spirit brings power, love, and a sound mind. 
that you give us clarity, wisdom. God, thank you for equipping us. Let us be that lean, mean, fighting machine as a church. Let us go into this world and be the light that we are casting out darkness just by our very presence in the room because you are with us. Jesus, speak to hearts and minds today. We thank you and we praise you. I know it's been a long morning, but I just want to offer the opportunity with heads bowed and eyes closed in the room. If you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe today has exposed some things in your life. You're more aware of some things going on and you just need help. Jesus is a rescuing God. He came to this earth to rescue us. That's what he wants more than anything, to pluck you out of whatever situations you've gotten yourself into. Maybe there's some selfishness going on, some darkness in your life, some confusion, anxiety, fear. Whatever it is you've been mixed up with, Jesus is here to rescue. It's what he wants. That's why he came. If you need Jesus today, if you need help, if you need rescue, would you just say yes to him? this morning. We call it saying, I'm in around here. I'm in to Jesus. I'm in for this life of following him. And all it takes is a simple confession. Jesus, I believe in you. Choose to live my life for you. Come forgive me. Thank you for your forgiveness. It's a very simple prayer, and it just starts with a yes. Say yes to Jesus today. If that's you and you're in the room here today, if you would say, yes, I I want Jesus, I'm in. Maybe for the first time or it's been a really long time. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in the room? Yes, I want Jesus. Anyone else like that here today? Yes, I'm in. If you're watching online, you can text the number on the screen or type I'm in in the comments. We'd love to help you with that decision as well. Okay, thank you. For the rest of us, the response today is a simple one. If you need prayer, get it. Right? If you need anointing in your life, if you need baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you need to confess something to someone, if you need, you know, you're feeling conviction today and you want prayer over how to move forward, prayer team is available here for you. In fact, would you come now, prayer team, if you're serving in that way today, come make yourself available. Don't leave here without getting that prayer, without partnering with someone in prayer today. Okay? Would you all stand with me? I'd like to pray a prayer of blessing over you one more time before we go today. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this church. Thank you that you have anointed us here. You've gifted us here to reach our friends and neighbors in Adams County. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would go out of these doors today feeling more empowered and equipped than ever, that we would go into our world speaking the name of Jesus, that your name, darkness must flee. God, help us be a light to our world, to carry this light with us everywhere we go. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.